pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 224. Today I'm going to chat with Kayla Cummings, discuss wounds in two 2A cases this last week, highlight the return of the Maduce, and talk about widespread cheating discovered in an unlikely beauty pageant. I am your host, Ava Flanell. Kayla, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm actually, I'm actually doing great. Um, considering how I've been the last two weeks, I am just now getting over a cold and I was sick for 13 days total. And I finally went to the doctors and got antibiotics and, um, I haven't been sick in like forever. So of course, you know, I get sick and I don't know. So I'm glad that I'm like finally feeling better worked out this morning. But then right after that, I went and I got micro needling done to my face. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But yeah, it's, I've never done it though. Oh man. Okay. So my face feels like it's on fire right now. And all I keep thinking is like, why do we put ourselves through this for beauty? <laughs> I know it's terrible. I'm, I'm sitting here and it's like, if you guys don't know what it is, and, and I know I have a lot of male listeners, more male listeners than females. Essentially what it is, is they, it's like these little micro needles, hence the name micro needling. And they just like, <laughs> Basically, it's this machine that just goes in and out like the needles like stick in and out and just like punches through your face like the skin. And it's supposed to build collagen if you have any scarring. So I got it done because I had a like a beauty mark removed and it has a scar on it. So I had it done for that. I think it makes your skin look good afterwards. But when you do get it done, I mean, you look like I don't know, it looks like almost worse than a sunburn because then you if you look closely it has like these little dots and stuff and yeah basically after yeah, this is like, that where, like it, it makes you bleed right and yeah then your whole face is kind of covered with yeah you okay can, I've, seen, I've seen yeah so you can bleed and my esthetician was like yeah it's great when you bleed because then the machine like punches that blood back into the skin and then you get like that vampire facial which um yeah if you follow kim <laughs> kardashian which i don't but for some reason i know this She's like known for doing the vampire facials where you take blood out of your body and put it into your face. I don't know. The shit we do for beauty. <laughs> oh, it's my- ridiculous. I know. Yeah. I'll just stick to like good lighting and filters. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I know. I'll save my money. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But the problem is, is I always I'm always like worried that like when people see me in real life, they're like, wow, she looks nothing like her pictures. Like this girl uses all the filters, all the editing. <laughs> Right. I just warn people ahead of time. Right. I'm like, yeah, I'm much fatter in person. Yeah. Like, no, right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. I know. Hilarious. I know. I hear you. I have an yeah, event. Yeah, the stuff we put ourselves through, though. I know. So. Seriously. So, yeah, anyways, my the rest of my day is like, I'll just be staying in for the rest of the day. Thank you very much. There you go. All right. Yeah. Moving forward. Smith and Wesson, they just came out with a 10 millimeter. And I don't even know if I've talked about this in the last, I feel like the last two weeks of my life have just been like one big blur. Cause you know, when you're sick, maybe I did mm-hmm. discuss this, but I don't know. But anyways, they sent me one. I was able to make some time, go to the range, shoot it. Actually, I made a joke. I put some tannerite behind a target and hit the bullseye and the target exploded. And I was like, wow, 10 millimeter. It's got some, you know, some power to it. 
but I mean, it does. It's definitely got some power, but I think they kind of perfected the 10 millimeter. There's a lot of people that have been asking for Smith and Wesson to come out with a 10 millimeter. They finally listened. Glock has one. There's a few companies out there, but they didn't like that Glock, you know, it was like the bigger frame, the thicker grip, whereas Smith and Wesson, yeah, you can get it in, I think it's like four, maybe four inches or 4.6 inches. I got the 4.6 inches. And because I figured, hey, barrel length, weight, you know, it's a large caliber. It'll help me for that recoil. And what's great about it, though, is just like your typical M&P pistols, you know, it has those grips, those back straps that you can change out. So if you have smaller hands, you could change it out. The recoil on it. I mean, there is some there's quite a bit of recoil. It's a 10 millimeter. It holds 15 rounds, which I believe is more than most out there on the market. Don't quote me, but. You know, it's optic ready. It has the sights are raised. So you can co-witness with your optic. All in all, I'm a pretty big fan. Didn't have any issues with it. I did only put a 50 round strix. That's all. I don't have 10 millimeter on me. So I had to go and buy a box. And I mean, federal could have sent me some, but you know, I would have had to wait. And whenever I get a gun, I'm like always anxious to go out and shoot it right away. Yeah. I only put 50 rounds through it, but I didn't have any issues. There's no break in period or anything like that. If you want to check it out, just head on over to smith-wesson.com and check out all the other awesome guns that they have as well. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right, so Kayla, I'm excited to have you on. We have a mutual friend, Will, and he messaged me and he's like, I have the perfect guest for you. He's like, she's a knife maker. She was on the show Naked and Afraid. And I was like, sold. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Of course. Okay. (laughs) I really, I have so many questions because I have watched the show Naked and Afraid and it it just cracks me up, which I don't know, maybe (laughs) that's like makes me kind of screwed up because I'm like, I just laugh about it. But I mean, it is, it is a pretty like legit show. I mean, you you know, but anyways, I'll have you oh, talk yeah. about it. But when were you on that show? Yeah, so I I first went on back in 2015. I did a 21 day episode in Colombia. I was up in the mountains. And that was the first time I did it. And then I went back again in 2017. And I did 40 days in South Africa. Damn. And then I actually just I actually just got back from another adventure, but I'm not allowed to talk about it. Quite yet, but yeah. So I've done it. I've done it three three times now. <laughs> oh wow, that's crazy. Is it? I mean, do they just keep asking you to come back on, or yeah, or is it yeah? Something... And I'm crazy enough that I'll keep doing it and putting myself through it. <laughs> but I actually I love it. Like that's the kind of stuff that I like doing. Just that spontaneous, crazy stuff. How did you get into it? So I actually I I've always grew up kind of like a tomboy being outdoors and doing like the survival stuff, you know, hunting, fishing, all of that. And they actually reached out to me. They found me in a a survival, like one of those survival groups on Facebook. And Mm -hmm. they were like, Hey, would you be interested in doing this show? And I was like, yeah, right. I thought it was a joke because I had never heard of the show. And so then, you know, I looked it up and I started watching it. I'm like, it kind of seems like fun, Mm -hmm. but I just kept pushing it off. And then they asked me a few more times and I was like, this, like, this can't be real. Like this has got to be a scam, whatever. And then finally I was just like, you know what? Screw it. And next thing I knew I was on a plane heading to Columbia, <laughs> taking Damn. my clothes off. So like, yeah, it was pretty cool. There was no, like, they didn't weed you out. Like, all right, how are your survival skills? 
I mean, no, so they definitely, they, they definitely do. You have to go through quite the process, but there's not a lot of females that are willing to go out there and get naked and, and know much about survival either. So it's hard for them to find people. So yeah. once they actually do find somebody that's interested, then they kind of put them through, you know, this, this crazy uh, thing where they have to make sure that they can prove their survival skills. They fly you out to LA. They make you do like a psychology test. I guess to make sure that you're just the right amount of crazy, right? <laughs> like you're not going to eat your partner or anything, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. But if it came down yeah, to it, so you, you know, have to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, you have to you have to jump through the hoops and stuff, but but I, I guess I passed. So <laughs> wow, that is crazy. Yeah, I would imagine like if somebody emailed me and they're like, "Hey, so we're gonna like start this show. You start off naked." And, and you're just like, okay, yeah. Cause I mean, you just automatically assume yeah. you're like, they're not going to put that on TV. I'm going to be naked. And I mean, sure enough, they exactly. put it on TV and, you know, with the right amount of, you know, blurred out areas. Exactly. <laughs> Were you, I don't know. I mean, I definitely, I couldn't do it. Just the fact that it was recorded naked. Like I just wouldn't be able to. I know it's funny. Everyone, everyone always says that they're like, I can never do it. But honestly, like. That was like the least the year worst. Yeah, the naked part was weird for the first like 30 seconds. I mean, there's not a ton of people around. You have like a camera guy. On the 21 day, there's not as many people. On the 40 day, you have a, a few more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's like your producer, your camera guy, the sound guy, and then like one other person and then your partner. And it's weird, like the first 30 seconds or so, and then you just get used to it. And yeah. you have your bag that covers like half a boob and, you know, your front area. So yeah. And like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't look at nude, like nudity in a a sexual way like that. I look at it like you're just, you're out there surviving with literally nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. This is totally off topic, but my grandma who I don't talk to, she's like literally crazy, but, and not because of this, but (laughs) she actually, she was like in a nudist colony or whatever. I don't even know if they still have those, but yeah, um, yeah, they, they, they definitely do. No. Yeah. So she, yeah, that's where she lived. And then she travels all over the world. She's actually like 85 now. She broke her hip and she's still insisting on, you know, she's like, well, I'm going to go to Africa. I'm going on my trip. And we're like, you just broke your hip like two weeks ago. She's like, nothing's going to stop me. I'm like, all right, just live your best life. She sounds amazing. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. She's a little out there. (laughs) I love it. It's awesome. Okay. Your first trip was in Colombia. So what was that like? And did you... I would imagine because I see I've watched a few of the shows. I haven't watched that many, but it's funny because like sometimes these people get put with people that they just absolutely can't stand. And all they do is just like fight and bicker. And then others, you know, kind of turns into some romance. And it's like you never know what you're going to (laughs) get. So what was it like with your partner? Yeah. So so my partner on my my 21 day, he was the complete opposite of me. I'm very much into like guns and shooting and like the second amendment and like all of that stuff. And he was very anti-gun into like yoga and meditating and just very polar opposite. Mm -hmm. And of course they, they put you with somebody that is your complete opposite because they want that bickering. They want it, you know, they want you to, to struggle. But the thing is like, you're already struggling trying to survive every single day, Mm -hmm. you know, not, not being at each other's throats. So I told my partner right from the beginning, I'm like, whatever differences we have, let's put them aside and let's just focus on survival. But yeah, if you, if you actually watch my episode, it's funny because the main thing that they focused on was all he wanted to do was cuddle at night. And I was like, not having it at all. Yeah, And he's like, we're we're 
so cold and, you know, survival is about keeping warm. And I'm like, yeah, well, we can just build like a really awesome fire. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to, we don't need to cuddle. But that was like what they focused my whole episode on. It was pretty funny. Wow. But it was, it was a lot of fun. It was cold. My partner and I definitely butted heads a few times, but at the end of the day, we, we still talk and we get along and everything. Uh-huh. And it was a, a life-changing experience for me, for sure. How so? Well, I had never really traveled much before. I had never really like gone out of, um, so I live in Vermont, mm-hmm. so born and raised in New Hampshire, and I had never really been outside of New England. I used to travel to Ohio when I did competition shooting back in the day. But yeah, other than that, like that was the first time I've ever actually gone out of the country. Wow. And it just opened my eyes to like a, a whole new world. I was like, wow, this is crazy. And then I just got the itch ever since then. I just, I wanted to travel and see the world and just live life carefree. And yeah, yeah. I can only imagine. So were you able to see parts of Columbia, like when you weren't recording the show, like before or after the show? Or not yeah, really? yeah, definitely. So yeah, a little bit. They actually, they lost my luggage. <laughs> so I did get to go to a mall in Columbia and that was wild. There was, there's just like guards on the the highway as you're driving, like holding AKs. And it was, so it was like a culture shock for me. It was pretty, it was pretty crazy. And then like to get into the mall, you have to have like, there's security guards everywhere. And it was a, it was a crazy experience for sure. But yeah, I got to check it out, see how other people live in different countries. And- That's so crazy. So when I lived in New York City, I dated, well, you know, because I'm from Colorado and there's not a lot of diversity. So when I went to New York for the first couple of years, like I did not even date anybody closely to just like American. Like that was just so boring to me. <laughs> and uh, and my mom's like, you know, she's like, I swear, like, what do you, she's like, do you have just a map? Like you're just crossing off, you know, the bucket list, like, you know, just trying to date people from all over the world. And I dated this guy who was from Columbia and it was funny because he owned a hair salon on Madison Avenue, 34th and Madison Avenue, I think. And which is like a really like ritzy area. And he could not do hair to save his life. Like I, I always thought in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is like a cover up business. Like he, I felt like he was like selling drugs or something. (laughs) And it was just the salon that was a cover up because he dyed my hair blonde and it sucked and it was horrible. And yeah. Oh no. But <laughs> definitely a cover up business. <laughs> yeah. And he wanted to take me to Columbia. My mom was like not having it. She's like, no way. It's way too dangerous. We don't even know what this guy, if he actually owns a hair salon, what he's doing, you know. And here I am just yeah. stupid me. Like maybe I was 21. I wasn't even maybe no, I wasn't, I don't even know if maybe I was actually 21. But I was just like, I just want to <laughs> live my life and, you know, explore. But that's crazy yeah, that's that they have we guards. Do, right? We're... I know when you're young yeah, and dumb. Insane. Yeah. I yeah, can't... exactly. <laughs> so funny. I still am like that too. I'm 33 now and I'm still like, yeah, let's do it. Whatever. Yeah. You're like, whatever, we'll figure it out. If we get into a sticky situation, we'll figure it out. I know. I'm, I'm exactly. still, I'm slightly yep. a little more smarter than I was, but you know, not by much. Yeah. So... I'd like to say that I am too, but unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I'm still. <laughs> yeah. What was it like? Did you, so you said it was cold. I'm assuming you obviously went during like the colder Uh, Because it gets really hot there, right? Yeah. So it was actually, it was just, it was really cold at night. We were in this like little ravine and it just, the wind was just crazy. And the temperatures would drop so low at night and it was terrible. We built like three different shelters because everything that that we built, it just, it was not keeping us warm. And we built some really nice shelters too. It just, it was, it was cold. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, it was, 
it was it was fun south africa was incredible though like that was really cool because i actually got to bring my bow and do some hunting out there and that just was completely mind-blowing to me well what was... i've only ever hunted like do you hunt at all no i only well i killed an alligator for the first time this year and then since I've been sponsored, oh, cool. yeah, since I got sponsored by federal, they want to take me on more hunting trips. So I guess I'll be a hunter soon, but <laughs> it's not there really my thing. Nice. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> I've only ever really like hunted in New England. So when I got to go to Africa and hunt and you're doing it like primitive hunting, right? So you're yeah. like naked and like army crawling, sneaking up to animals. And yeah. so that was just totally totally wild for me. What was the object that you picked to bring with you when you were in Columbia? So we only were allowed to bring one item in Columbia and and I made a knife. Okay. So that's what I brought out there. Okay. Awesome. And you are a knife maker, which we're going to get to here shortly. Yeah. And then what did you guys, what did you eat like in Columbia and South Africa? So in Columbia, we actually had a couple of snakes that we killed. They were whip snakes. So um, we, we had that for protein. Then we had mangoes and I found some yucca, which is like the jungle potato. Mm-hmm. So we ate really well while we were there. In South Africa, we just lived off of catfish for the first like four weeks, just mm-hmm. nothing but catfish. There was no, no greens, nothing. There was some prickly pear cactus, but it was not even worth trying to get to it because you get those like little prickles like all in your mouth and on your tongue and it was awful so i never want to look at another catfish as long as i live (laughs) i can only imagine i've heard that i mean there was a little bit of controversy with naked and afraid because they were like yeah like you know it seems like they're out there for that long but really like the cameraman the producers like behind the scenes they're giving them food and helping them out yeah absolutely not (laughs) i think it's funny that people actually think that because the thing is you can't fake losing 30 pounds. I lost so much weight on my 21 day. I lost about uh, 15 pounds. And then on my 15 or 20 pounds. And then on my 40 day, I lost 25 pounds. So, I mean, if they're out there feeding you, you know, you're you're not going to be losing that amount of weight. Well, and I've seen some of the people (laughs) that like come back and I mean, just their skin, just not having sunscreen. And like their, you know, their skin just looks like, it looks like hell. I mean, they look like they've been through hell. Yeah, exactly. And wait till you guys see my latest adventure because (laughs) that was hell. Yeah, I can only imagine. South Africa. So I actually had the stuff that it does to your body doing these challenges. I don't think anybody really thinks of that because you have to, you have, if you're smart, you're going to gain weight before you go out there because your body is essentially going to be feeding off the fats, right? Mm -hmm. So I tried to gain as much weight as possible for both of the challenges going out. And so my metabolism was just like so up and down. And then when I got done with my 40 day challenge, I was super sick and I was in and out of the hospital. I was up in UMass for like two months. Wow. And they ended up saying that I had, because when I finally took a bath, and I, I washed all the, the caked dirt off of me. Mm-hmm. I had this insane pattern all over my legs. And I was like, what is that? And so they made us see a doctor in South Africa before we went home. And the, the doctor goes, oh, it's just from sleeping too close to the fire. It boiled your veins. That's what they told me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I don't, that doesn't sound right, but okay. So I got home and I was in so much pain. I was so sick. And so 
I go to UMass and they said, that is a sign of a very serious infection. So I ended up having dengue fever. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's mm-hmm. called the, the breaking bones disease. So basically it just feels like someone's taking your bones and just snapping them in half like throughout <sighs> your entire body. Wow. So, so yeah, so I was on all kinds of different antibiotics for that. And so, yeah, my, my body definitely, it went through the ringer. Um, doing the challenges. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy, but all better now. <laughs> Man. And then to think like, okay, yeah, let's just do it again. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So I ended up having, um, like after I had dengue fever and all that other stuff for about three years, I was still like in and out of the hospital. I was having like horrible panic attacks and just like all these crazy symptoms. And I went to so many different infectious disease specialists and they all, they couldn't figure out what was going on with me. And then one night I ended up in the emergency room again, like I was in and out of the emergency room, like maybe three or four times every week. And they just by chance found that I had a tumor on my adrenal gland. And I don't know if it's from doing the challenges or not, Mm -hmm. but you have to think about like the, like the crazy stuff that it does to your body. Yeah. So I don't know if it, if it caused that or not, but yeah, it definitely messes with your body a lot doing the the challenges and putting your body through that. I could just see ER. They're probably like, yeah, it's that crazy naked and afraid girl again. <laughs> She's yeah, back. Exactly. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And it's, it's crazy. Cause I would do it again in okay. a heartbeat. I'd imagine like you probably have to get a bunch of vaccinations and stuff like that before going to these countries, which I mean, most people yeah, do, but definitely. do you have to get like extra um, just like the normal stuff, like your hepatitis and like, uh, what are the other ones? Like you have to take malaria pills. Yeah. Just stuff like that. Like the the normal stuff, yellow fever. Okay. All right. Cool. So, yeah. I'm going to take a quick break real quick. Talk about primary arms. If you're needing any Christmas ideas, head on over to Primary Arms and click on the new arrivals button. They've got a ton of new stuff, including like this cool dead air chemo compatible muzzle brake that I just got. It's from Expo Arms, a bunch of new gun parts, a whole bunch of new bags and other stuff um, from the Primary Arms, their own line. They've got, like I said, the new bag designs from Primary Arms, including camo hunting packs, shoulder sling bags, range bags tactical bags they've got everything and they're pretty affordable like ranging from 30 to 55 dollars they also got tactical barbecue aprons and tactical christmas stockings both of which are on sale the aprons are only 20 dollars. the christmas stockings are less than eight dollars definitely check that out at primaryarms.com if you find a primary arms optic that you want to buy definitely use the code ava that's ava and that's going to get you a free scope mount with every primary arms optic that you purchase. Okay, Lil, let's talk about your knife business. When did you get into knives? Yeah, so I started out doing knife reviews about nine years ago on YouTube. And I started out because I, like I said, I always was, you know, doing like outdoor stuff and hunting and fishing and all that stuff. And I had a friend suggest, they were like, you know, there's not a lot of females in this industry. Why don't you start a YouTube channel and you can give like a female's perspective on things? And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. So I started a YouTube channel and I was actually really surprised at how quickly it took off. Cause I, I think there's a lot of women that want to be involved, but they just don't, they don't know like where to begin. Mm-hmm. 
it definitely can be intimidating. So yeah, so I started out doing like knife reviews and gear reviews and stuff like that. And then it just progressed from there. And where does your education for knives come from? Oh, I taught myself. Yeah. I mean, when I was little, I used to go, I used to go to the dump with my dad. I don't know if you guys have this where you live, but they would have like the free table at the dump. Do you guys have that? No. Or is that like a New New England thing? (laughs) It's like a a redneck New England thing, I guess. (laughs) But they they had like a free table at the dump and people would leave like, old knives and stuff and I would always I would be like oh sweet a free knife and I would grab them and like and take them apart and put them back together <laughs> and Damn. yeah and I so I just always thought it was fascinating and when I was reviewing them I, I felt kind of guilty I was like like how can I review somebody else's work when I've never actually done this myself mm-hmm. so I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try so I sold my gun and my knife collection that I had to buy the equipment And then I just, I taught myself just trial and error. I watched a lot of YouTube videos and I just, I taught myself how to do it. Damn. That's crazy. (laughs) I mean, that's like extremely impressive and it's not easy. I have had a few knife makers on the show and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've seen it done. Actually, I need to link up with somebody, one of my guests, Matt, and he was going to just go through, we're going to make a YouTube video of me making a knife. But it's one of those things where, I mean, it takes a lot of freaking time. It's hot. Yeah. I mean, it's now it wouldn't be so bad. When I came up with this idea, it was during the summer. So it was like, okay, well, where are we doing this? I mean, is my makeup going to sweat off? Like, what are we looking at? You know, (laughs) because it's it's definitely (laughs) it's, it's pretty labor intensive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're more than welcome to come out to my shop anytime and I'll teach you how to make a knife. I would love that. Yeah, that would that would be awesome. Awesome. And so, okay, so you started making these knives and then how did you grow your business from there? Just on social media, just posting YouTube videos. And then I was on Facebook and then one of my friends was like, hey, you really need to get an Instagram. It's crazy. Like you constantly have to keep up with social media and jump from like platform to person exhausting. Yeah, it's such a (laughs) full-time job. Yeah, it's a nightmare. It really really is. And I'm like, I just want to make knives. Like I don't want to be online. I know. But yeah, I mean, that's basically just how, how I promoted just word of mouth and social media. Wow. And then I'm assuming at that point, people were like, Hey, are these knives for sale? And then you kind of just started from there. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And I was like, wow, people actually want to buy my stuff. All right. (laughs) I'm looking at your Instagram right now. You have some really impressive knives that you made. Thanks. I'm still learning every day. I mean, it's like a never, never ending thing. So I love going out to other people's shops and seeing how they're set up and learning new things from people. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, it's it's like the same anything that you're doing, right? Like you kind of this is really stupid to even equate it. But when I was in New York, before I started working for the New York Yankees, I was bartending because I graduated in 2008 when like the economy was crap. And so for Mm -hmm. the longest time, whenever I'd go to bars, I'd always like look behind the bar to see how their setup was. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly. how I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. That's the same same thing. Do you make knives full time? Yeah, yep. So I do I do it full time. So when I first started out, I was working three jobs and I was kind of doing this as you know, like a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um I really wanted to turn it into a career. So I was just I was busting my ass. I was working, you know, three different jobs and then just trying to it's a it's an expensive hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
I tell people that all, cause everyone's like, Oh, I want to make knives. And I'm like, go for it. It's awesome. But just you're, you need a lot of money, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I do not have a lot of money, but I've been slowly acquiring equipment over the last 10 years. But yeah, it's definitely an expensive hobby. And yeah. <laughs> do you make the handles that the knives are on? Yep. So they come in like uh, blocks or scales and then you just shape them out. Okay. So the wood, we're talking about the the handles, like the wooden handles, right? Yeah. Okay. So you would just get like a block of wood and then you would just, uh, I'm assuming with a knife or how do you, how do you shape it out? Yeah. So you can just shape it out on the grinder. So I use a lot of local wood as well and Mm -hmm. then just stabilize it. Yeah. And then you just grind it to shape. Hmm. That's pretty impressive too. Yeah. The handles look really nice as well. Yeah, it's a long process. And there's so many different like aspects to the whole knife making thing. Like handle materials alone is like just one crazy business that you could get into because you can you can dye the wood. You can do so much stuff to it. You mm-hmm. can do scales, you can do blocks and it's really neat all the stuff that you can do. Do you ever go to Blade Show? Isn't that that's what it's called, right? I do. Okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. I've been going to Blade Show for, yeah, but she's about 10 years now. Have you ever gone to SHOT Show? Yep. I go to SHOT Show every year too. Okay. Yep. Nice. Nice. I know. I love it. Blade, SHOT Show is fun. It's overwhelming. I'm sure as you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, Blade Show is definitely my style. How would you say it compares? SHOT Show is just so overwhelming. It's like almost too much. Uh-huh. It's like 11 stories of just craziness where Blade Show is like, it's a lot smaller and it's mostly just knives. There's no guns or anything. So that's more like, more right up my alley. I think because I've heard like a few people, they were like, yeah, Blade Show is just like really nice. Like the people are, you know, really nice. Like there's no egos and stuff. Whereas they were saying like shot shows, more egos. And and I mean, I wouldn't I'm like, I don't know. I think also being a female, you don't really deal with egos. I mean, you still deal with egos, but, you know, men, you know, you put a bunch of men in. Of course, they're going to be like, who's the, you know, alpha male in the room? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, but it was like, it was kind of nice. Like the way that people describe Blade Show is kind of like, yeah. And if you ask questions, like they're super helpful and they'll, you know, try to like, they all just like compare like different things that they do as opposed to like the gun industry. It's like, don't tell anybody your secret or, you know, I don't know, something yeah. stupid like that. No, it's so true. So I actually, I started out doing competition shooting and so when I, when I started my YouTube channel, I was like posting gun stuff and like sharing my knowledge, like what little knowledge I did have about guns. And it like the gun community is so different than the knife community. Like mm. kind of like what you just said, it's like the, the egos are just so big and everyone's got to tell you like what you're doing wrong and how you should be doing it better instead of like trying to encourage you and support you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of shied away from that and stuck more to like the knife making side of things because it is like one big family obviously you're going to have you know people that are not always kind and supportive but for the most part everyone's pretty cool and laid back and it is it's just like one big dysfunctional family Mm -hmm. (laughs) at blade show yeah Yeah. it's great have you ever been i've never been i want to go though oh you should definitely go this year it's so much fun so the one in atlanta they have something called the pit Mm -hmm. and it's just like uh it's basically like this huge room where everybody goes and hangs out it's like this big room in the center of the hotel mm-hmm. where they they hold the show and everyone just goes and they hang out at the end they have a couple drinks they show off their knives and they just talk and share mm-hmm. ideas and stuff it's pretty cool wow so do you have to be in the industry to get in nope not at all hmm. 
nope, anybody can go. So yeah. And that's another thing that I love too. Yeah. I definitely have to check it out. I'm going to take another quick break. Talk about IWI. you guys are looking for a great all-around full-size pistol, obviously check out the Masada from IWI. It's one of my favorites in its class, and you get a ton of features for the price. So it's completely ambidextrous, has one of the most ergonomic grips around, plus it's optic-ready and comes with four adaptable plates for the most common red dots. The only thing I've changed on mine is the sights after I put the red dot on so that I can co-witness the irons because you can't do that with the originals. They use the SIG pattern sights if you want to change them. It's also got a pretty awesome trigger straight from the factory. Best thing about it, MSRP is only 480, which, you know, compared to other guns with all the features that you get is really a great price. So if you want to check that out, head on over to IWI.us. If you see any accessories that you want to throw in your cart, don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15 and that gets you 15% off. What got you into guns? Were you also, you know, like raised around guns or... Yeah. So my dad, um, took me out hunting when I was little. I think the first time I ever went out, I was probably like five. So yeah, I was always, I was always brought up around them. And then when I was in seventh grade in middle school, my mom's friend, she was like, Hey, my son wants to do like, we saw this ad in the paper for like the rifle team and he wants to join it, but he's really scared and doesn't want to go. So do you think Kayla would want to come and Mm -hmm. tag along? And so I ended up going and he ended up hating it. And I ended up like completely falling in love with it. And I just, I started doing competition shooting, small bore 22. And I ended up making it out to the junior Olympics um, out in Ohio. Yeah. Back when they had like Camp Perry, it was like a military base. And then I did the junior Olympics out there a few times. I came in second in the nation and I just, I fell in love with it. I'd love to get more into like, uh, like the, competition shooting with like shotguns and stuff like that. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. That's impressive though, that you took it that far. And to think, I mean, it's kind of a funny story, like how it all started out, right? Like, you know, the boys, you know, like, ah, he's kind of scared to go by himself. Do you think Kayla go with them? You know, it's kind of funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I just stuck with it and fell in love with it. I was actually the only female on the the team for the longest time. So Hmm. it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's crazy. Like back then there wasn't a lot of like, it's so nice now seeing more women get into like blacksmithing and, and like really getting into shooting and stuff. You know, back then there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of females yeah. um, doing it. I know. So it's just nice to see. Why do you think that that is like, why do you, what do you think is like influencing more women to get involved? Um, I don't know. Maybe they're just not intimidated anymore. It, it was hard because it, it's like a male dominated industry, right? Mm -hmm. Knife making and the gun community, Mm -hmm. or that's how it is portrayed anyways. So maybe they just didn't, they didn't feel comfortable. And now they do because there's, there is more people like speaking out about it. I know like when I first started my YouTube channel, that was my whole goal was to try to get more women involved. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's nice. It's nice now to, to see. And I always have women that are like, Oh, I wish that I knew how to shoot. And I'm like, well, I'll show you. I think, I think it can be very intimidating. And sometimes when guys try to teach you, they're, they don't do it in the, the best way. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's, it's better to have a female teaching another female. You feel mm-hmm. more comfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That was actually my biggest goal when I became a firearms instructor was just to try to get more women involved. 
Like it's nice to, you know, teach and especially with men too. Like it's nice to teach men that, you know, and a lot of them, especially beginners would rather learn from a female because again, there's no egos involved, but it was, you know, it's always been my goal to get like more women and like to just have them feel, I guess, I don't know, just to be able to protect themselves. I always thought was like so important and and it is nice to see more women, you know, get into the industry, but it is still very much, you know, male dominated. And mm-hmm. I, you know, and to say that it doesn't exist, you know, like, or the things that we have to deal with. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking for myself, not you, but the things that I still have to deal with, it's still, oh, there yeah, is very I, much, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just, it's bullshit. Like even, I mean, I'm still dealing with, you know, guys like, well, if you want this, you know, oh, like try to like, oh, what you want me to sleep with you? Uh, oh, trust me. Yeah. I, I didn't know if I should say that or not, but yeah, I get the same thing all the time because mm. everyone's like, well, how did you learn? And I'm like, I had to teach myself. Yeah. I, I had to, because if I asked and like most of the men that I've asked for help, um, they always wanted something in return. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, what, whether it was like, and, and I'm not like that at all. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of us women are, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's how it, it comes across. And then I think you're flirting with them or, and you're like, no, oh, I, I just want to get better at what I'm doing. And <laughs> I know. Sucks, or if you're so. like too nice to them, they automatically think that you like them. There's been a yeah. lot of cases where, you know, suddenly I'm like stuck in a position where they're like, oh, well, I thought you liked me. And I'm like, no, I just, I'm like, I'm nice and I'm funny and I joke around, but I'm like, no, I, I have no interest in messing with anyone in the industry that I work with. Yep. Like, yeah, absolutely. Been there, done that. (laughs) You learn. And I'm like, I plan on like, I'm not going anywhere. And I plan on like, it doesn't matter if you're the hottest guy ever. Like, I'm not going to sleep with you. I'm just not going to, you know, I'm not going to mix the two. That's one thing I've learned as I get older, you know. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And like dating, being a strong, independent woman or however you want to phrase it is Mm -hmm. so hard nowadays, too, because. If I have one more person tell me like, oh, well, guys just don't like you because you're intimidating. Oh, my I gosh. Just wanna, like, I can't. OK, this, like, is, this is so nice. <laughs> what do you want to... me to be then? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so this is so nice to hear from you because I've been dealing with this. So I'm 35. I'm single. I wonder, like, am I ever going to get married? I can totally take care of myself, like completely independent on every realm that you can imagine. And I've done an excellent job of it. And it's just me and my little dog. And I'm just like, well, is this my life? Because I can't meet a guy that's going to be okay with, you know, me dominating a male dominant industry or me making more money than he does, or me having to be aggressive sometimes Mm. or like know what I want. And, you know, and then they, they like take it as like, oh, well you're controlling or like, I just don't need that shit. It's so annoying. It is what it is. But like, honestly, I mean, if, if I had to change anything, I wouldn't like, I still, I, I love the position that I'm in. I don't have to ask anybody for permission to do something. I, you know, if I want something, I can buy it. Like it's just, it's nice to be able to take care of yourself. It does suck in the dating respect, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hear you. It's hard, but it is, it's, it's good to not have to like worry about somebody. And yeah, I just, Hopefully someday you and I can find somebody that will support us and encourage us. And yeah, you know, cause that's, I think what everybody wants at the, the end of the day. Yeah, but. exactly. I just want them to have my best interest, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's how it should be. Yeah. But being a female in the industry is definitely, definitely hard, but worth it. Yeah. 
It's nice to hear that, though, coming from somebody else. I mean, it, it seems to be kind of the, you know, I mean, kind of the norm with a lot of uh, females in the industry that are sort of like kicking ass in this with their career and stuff like that. And I don't know. So it is nice yeah. to see that I'm not the only one dealing with it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it, it is hard too. like you. I, I try to take everything that people say with a grain of salt. For the most part, everyone is super kind and they're really supportive, but you will get people that are just like always chiming in. And I swear like men don't have to deal with stuff like this where mm-hmm. like, like I've been working out more and like just trying to like throw myself into fitness and work. And I have people that are like, Oh, you're getting too skinny. You need to gain weight back or, or before they'd be like, Oh, you'd be so much prettier if you just lost like 15 pounds or mm-hmm. like, they just always have something to say. And you're like, do you go and comment on, on, on like men's posts or yeah. is it just me? Am I the Absolutely. lucky one that gets this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then as a or result, like, like, like as a yeah. result, you're like so much harder on yourself because then oh, absolutely, everything you're like, you don't understand. Like when people look at you, they're, I mean, they're like dissecting everything about you, like how you shoot, how you make knives, what you look like, if you gained weight, how you cut your hair. Yep. And especially when it comes to the internet, I mean, people, you know, on the keyboard, like they don't hesitate to tell you exactly how they feel. And so it is like tough, like we're dealing with so much more than, you know, just your typical fat, no offense to a guy with a beard who probably showers like every couple of days. (laughs) And, you know, is people are just like, yeah, man, you're so cool. And yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's so frustrating. Yeah, it's like I get people all the time. Anytime I post anything, they're like, oh, your hair should be tied back and you should be wearing a face shield and gloves (laughs) and an apron and this and that. And I'm like, well, do you comment that on so-and-so's post who is a male? No, you don't. Because because why? Because I'm a female. Yeah. And it's just like that. They want to I don't I don't even get it. But and then people will be like, well, you have to have tough skin to be, you know, in, in the industry and posting yourself and putting yourself out there. And I'm like, well, I do. But still, like, it's. Pretty also, rele- like it's a relevant point, right? Like why, why me and not yeah. this man? Why are you saying it to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at <laughs> the end of the day, but... we're all human. And the minute we stop caring or that we don't have feelings or emotions, it's, you know, it takes out that human aspect. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Do you have any future plans that you can share with listeners? I know you just recorded another show, which I'm excited to see. And I'll definitely be watching. I'm actually after this, I think tonight I'm going to look up the episodes that you were on. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, watch it. You'll have to check it out. You'll, you'll get a kick out of my, my 21 day episode. So that was a uh, season seven, episode 11. It's called arachnid overload. If you feel like watching it. Okay. Um, and then I was on uh naked afraid XL four. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I have a couple of things in the works right now with a couple of different knife companies. So just nice. keep your eye out for, for that, I guess. Just collaborations. Okay, cool. And then if people want to buy knives from you, check out your products, follow you on social media, where can they find you? Yep. So my Instagram is at Kayla Cummings. My website is KaylaCummingsKnives.com. My Facebook, Kayla Cummings. Pretty, it's just my name. <laughs> Super okay. simple. Awesome. Yep. All right, moving forward with the rest of the show. Caldwell, if you guys are wanting to collect your brass easily without having to pick up 
every case, check out the brass catchers from Caldwell, which I actually need to get because the range that I use is private, but I always feel bad just dumping a bunch of brass everywhere, which I should be picking it up, especially because I hate littering. But anyways, yeah, I need to get this. They've got several versions that strap on your rifle or pistol with frames that hold the bags open so that they don't interfere with ejecting cases. They also have one that attaches to the top rail in your AR and has a bigger brass bag so that you can fire up to 100 rounds before unzipping the bag to empty it out. It's also large enough to fit like AR-10s. You can get them from anywhere from $17.99 to $53.99. Definitely check that out at caldwellshooting.com. If it's your first order, don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY10 and that's going to get you 10% off. Today in politics... Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Let's see. So two blows to two A cases in the Sixth Circuit and Ninth Circuit this week. Some bad but not (laughs) unexpected news from the Sixth Circuit Court. So many C's, especially when I'm on the cold meds. The ongoing challenge to the unconstitutional bump stock ban failed to be overturned in its full hearing on the panel. As we've talked about before, the ATF doesn't have the authority to arbitrarily reclassify firearms as machine guns without laws being passed by Congress. The judges on the panel split eight to eight, so the bump stock ban is currently reinstated. As we've expected from the beginning, this case will ultimately go to the Supreme Court, which the current case being heard about the right to carry outside the home in New York will give a good indication how the judges might rule if they take up the case. Also this week in the Ninth Circuit, the case of Duncan versus Bonta, hopefully I'm saying that right, ruled in Bonk that California's ban on standard capacity mags does not violate the Second Amendment and overturn the lower court decision that the ban was unconstitutional. In doing so, the judges ignored historical context and cling to alternatives to allow gun owners to process restricted magazines in justifying their ruling. Also, they ignored precedent set in the Supreme Court case of D.C. versus Heller in continuing to use an interest weighing test that the Supreme Court rejected. A previous three-judge panel of the Ninth found that the ban was unconstitutional, but the full panel justified the ruling because the ban only imposes a minimal burden on the core Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. This type of cherry-picking of what rights are permitted were expressly rejected in the Heller case. Justice Scalia wrote in the majority opinion, he said, we know of no other enumerated constitutional right whose core protection has been subjected to freestanding interest balancing approach. The very enumeration of the right takes out of the hands of the government, even the third branch of government, the power to decide on a case-by-case basis whether the right is really worth insisting upon. A constitutional guarantee subject to future judges' assessments of its usefulness is no constitutional guarantee at all. Given that the case was in the ninth, this wasn't an unexpected outcome. And like the bump stock case, this will have to go to the Supreme Court for a definitive ruling. So stay tuned. Moving forward, Manicor Arms. If you guys have a Yugo M85 or M92, definitely check out the Renegade Handguard from Manicor Arms. The new updated version has textured grooves for a good grip and two rows of M-lock slots on each side, 
plus one on the bottom for mounting all of your accessories. They're made from high temperature thermostat polymer and have a more comfortable like bulged U cross section than the others that you'll see. They also have several mounting plate top covers available for popular optics. They come in black, the plum, Bakelite orange, and uh, I think that's it, actually. They are $44.95, but when you use the code AVAROCKS15, that's all one word, you are going to save 15% off, and that is at manicorearms.com. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Today's question is, how was the recoil on the new 10mm Smith & Wesson? Kayla, I'm assuming that you've shot 10mm pistols before, right? Yeah, I have. I mean, they have quite a bit of recoil. It doesn't, I don't think that, it doesn't really matter if it's like a full size. I mean, obviously a full size, you know, the bigger the gun, it's going to be a little bit better with that recoil. But ultimately, I mean, you're not really escaping it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. When I shot, you'll see the video on my Instagram. When I shot the the Tannerite, that was actually my first shot. No, I I take it back. It was my second shot. I just wanted to make sure that the optics that, you know, where I hit, where I intended to hit actually hit because I was obviously had to shoot exactly in the bullseye to hit the Tannerite. But that was my second shot. And I didn't shoot a ton before that because I didn't want my hand to get sore. And then as a result, my aim would be off. But Mm -hmm. I mean, it does have, it definitely has some recoil. And then on top of that, the Smith and Wessons, I mean, like the texture on their grips is pretty aggressive, which I like, but it'll also tear up your hands. You know, if you have soft hands, like I do, I'm, (laughs) I don't know. I'm not like, well, let's face it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't survive if I was like on naked or afraid. I'd be like, maybe I'd probably be like four hours in and I'd be like, all right, I need some sunscreen. I need some lotion. <laughs> I need no, to wash my hands. <laughs> I don't know. So you I don't would think, be fine. I don't think I'd make it because I'm too much of a germaphobe. Like just the fact that I wouldn't be able to shower before I sleeped. I would, I would hate it. No, you get over that stuff real fast. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what, be fine. what do you guys use for, I mean, you're just like essentially bathing in whatever water you find. Right. And you're not using oh, yeah. soap. Yep. And so I feel like <laughs> some of it can be pretty gross. <laughs> yeah. I, I would like, I'd imagine that like, I don't know, I'd probably get infections, but on top of that and that aside, but I'd probably <laughs> feel almost dirtier coming out than like going in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's actually funny though. Cause you, you're pretty much like cleansing your body when you do these challenges of all like the toxins and impurities in the world. Yeah. Um, then you get, yeah, you get out there and everyone's like, you think you would smell, but you really don't. You kind of just smell earthy. Hmm. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. But some of the water that you bathe in is, is definitely gross. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine. I don't know, but yeah. So be fine. anyways, Smith and Wesson 10 millimeter, you know, it's got some recoil, but I do actually, I actually really like this gun. I'm not one to really like go. I do enjoy hiking. I don't go hiking where there's like bears or anything. I mean, I don't want to say that because let's face it, there could be bears anywhere, especially nowadays, or if they're hungry and they're, you know, come out from hibernation. But I don't typically carry a larger size. Like, I mean, I just carry my nine with me. But if you are concerned with larger animals, I would definitely say pick this gun up and and use it because 10 millimeter is a pretty powerful round. It'll definitely help protect you against the larger game. 
All right. Tacti Talk. Tacti Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. The Deuce is back. One of the most iconic big guns, the Brownian M2, a.k.a. Ma Deuce, is back in production and civilians can get them. The company is called Ohio Ordnance Works, which if you're not familiar with them, they make a number of full-auto guns and civilian legal semi-autos. They have semi-auto versions of the M240 and the BAR, and now they've added a civilian legal M2 to their lineup. I got to shoot a full-auto M2 last year, which was definitely a blast. The M2 has been around for 100 years now, and it's still probably the most popular large-bore machine gun produced. Ohio Ordnance Works decided to release the civilian version on the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. The 115-pound M2 comes in a custom case with 250 cal links and toolkits, which I don't miss doing the link things, man. I remember, you ever like get ammo ready and you're like putting it in the links for the belt fed? Mm-hmm. Have you ever prepared that? Me, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a pain in the ass. I hate doing it. It's like, yeah. I don't know if I like hate doing that or loading mags. Like either way, I just don't like it. I just want to shoot. <laughs> I don't want to do all yeah, the work exactly. that's involved. <laughs> and then it comes with a toolkit and the distinctive tripod is extra, of course. And as you might expect, it does come with a hefty price. So 16400 But that is less than half the price of a transferable class three M2. And I expect that a lot of these will be turned into post samples. So for most of us, that means that there could be more full auto M2s available to shoot at ranges that offer class three shooting experiences. If you guys aren't familiar with that. So if you have like a class three dealer's license, you can actually make dealer samples. So you can't sell them to civilians, but you can definitely like, you know, have civilians shoot it like you could rent it out and stuff like that. So if nothing else, that's promising. All right, GSM Outdoors. So if you're wanting to upgrade your sights, you definitely need to check out the True Glows. I actually just put a set on for my friend on her guns. I've said this before, they actually also make it for archery and crossbows. They're really bright. They're easy to find. Uh, the fiber optic sights are great for like competition or hunting so that you can see the sight so well in different lighting conditions. That definitely helps speed up, you know, lining your sights on the target. They've got those for shotguns and rifles and, you know, obviously a bunch of handguns. One of the biggest lines in their lineup is their pistol sights. Their designs for carry guns are great because they have tritium for night sights But their TFX series combines tritium and fiber optics for extra visibility. Definitely check that out because it kind of glows in the dark. You can find that at TrueGlow. So that's T-R-U-G-L-O dot com. Remember, use the code GUNFUNNY20, all one word, and that gets you 20% off. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f... Never mind. A-F... I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking, I'm like, man, my face really hurts now that the the numbing gel is wearing off. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Beauty contest. Yeah. Speaking of beauty, beauty contest rocked by Botox scandal. A beauty contest this week 
disqualified over 40 participants for Botox injections, which when I first read this, I was like, wait, what? Like you can't use Botox. Like, I feel like that's every person in this, in a pageant, but we're not talking about people here. This beauty pageant took place in Saudi Arabia and it's for camels. It's called the King Abdulaziz, I don't know, Camel Festival taking place this month has over 66 million in prize money. So some of the camel breeders went a little overboard on the facelifts and other touch-ups. All such cosmetic adjustments are strictly prohibited from the pageant where jurors decide the winner based on the shape of the camel's head, neck, humps, dress, and postures, which is crazy. But then again, when I think about it, they've had it for like a state fair or something. Kayla, I'm assuming you've been to like a state fair or have seen like, the only thing I could think of is like 4-H contests and stuff like that. And I always oh, liked yeah. it. I always liked it because like, you know, the cows were like, they wash the cows and, you know, wash its hair. And then they like, um, like blow out their fur and they look all like <laughs> puffy and cozy. <laughs> yep (laughs) so funny yeah so here i'm thinking i'm like that's weird to do it with camels but i'm like but then again we see it all the time with you know with all these other farm animals and stuff and i guess it's so bizarre i guess we'd see it with camels if they were you know more common here but anyway so (laughs) the judges i guess they escalated their clampdown on artificial enhancements to camels and are using specialized and advanced technology to detect if there's any tampering with such as botox And dozens of the breeders were discovered to have stretched out the lips and noses of the camels, used hormones to increase muscles, injected Botox to make the heads and lips bigger, and a bunch of other modifications, which I guess just like with people and camels, bigger lips is better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. That's hilarious. Could you imagine just owning like a jacked out, like gorgeous looking camel? Can you imagine how much this costs? Like, yeah, I mean, so I'd imagine some of these camels are probably getting like cosmetic surgery done and it's not like you could just take them up to the, like, you know, I'd imagine like only a hand few people are certified. I don't know. It's just crazy. Yeah, how does that work? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's insane. I'm a little jealous that like camels are getting Botox, but I can't afford it. Right. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess, crazy. I guess camel breeding is a multi-million dollar industry in the Middle East. And wow, lots yeah, of I mean, that makes sense. I never would have thought Dude, it. That's I actually, crazy. I went to Israel a few years back and I rode a camel and I was with actually a bunch of like really religious people. And, you know, me, I'm just super awkward. You can't take me anywhere, but I'm riding my camel. And I was like, I've decided that my camel's name is Toe. And nobody laughed. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. And my sister was I looking at me like, shut the hell up. <laughs> oh, see, I'm like super awkward in most situations. So you should have just taken me. We would have been, been fine together. That's how I am. <laughs> I'm also like weird because I don't really care what people think as much. It's more like if I get bored, I'm like, okay, how can I entertain myself? And as long as I laugh, it's okay. <laughs> Never mind exactly. like embarrassing yep. myself. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same exact way. Yeah. As long as I'm having a good time. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's so selfish. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I love it. All right. Now it's time for reviews. Kayla, I'm going to have you pick either the first review or the second, whichever you think is the best. First review is RKBLPN titled GF222 Loving the Journey. I absolutely appreciate this podcast. Hubs and I listened to eight or nine over our drive yesterday. We repeated most, which I was actually wondering when I read this, I was like, why would you repeat? There's 
now 224 episodes out there, so no need to repeat. If you didn't know, there are more episodes, so definitely go look for them. She says, it is so informative and entertaining. Your guests are always top notch. We'd love to see Matt of Demo Ranch or Matt Best of BRCC, Black Rifle Coffee Company. You can tell a lot about a woman just by her hands. For example, if she's holding a gun, she's probably holding her piece of the Second Amendment, which I like that. I actually. Like that. Yeah, I haven't heard that before. But it's funny because when people leave reviews, I get email notifications. So it actually cut out where you can tell a lot about a woman just by her. And then it was like dot, dot, dot. And I thought that that's how it was. <laughs> You're like trying to fill in the piece. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I was like, okay, by what? Like the men that she wants to be on the show. Cause so I was like, all right, Matt, you know, Matt of demo ranch. And I'm like, they're both good looking guys. All right. I could see that. You know, <laughs> that's what I was originally. Yeah. Oh man. That's awesome. I need to get out more. A <laughs> second review is call me daddy ho, which when I read this review, I left out loud because of the name. Call me daddy. Ho. Okay. Call me that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, titled new listener. I found this podcast like a week or two ago and it's great. Love the different guests always coming on the show been listening to some older episodes and it keeps me entertained to listen while working throughout the day. Plus Ava is a little baddie. All right. So this one's tough. Cause you know, you gotta like, like the call me daddy home. Plus he called me a little baddie, but then again, the first reviews from a female, which, you know, you and I both, we always want to like push more females to get involved. Uh, she's got great taste in men kind of. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Both are solid reviews, definitely. I think I, I think I like the girl's quote in the first one. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Like you can tell a lot about a woman, but yes, I yeah. like that. I know. But, but both solid reviews. They are. <laughs> so you know what? I'm just gonna pick both you guys as winners. So contact me and I'm gonna send out both of you guys a prize pack. But Yay! always nice to see more women, you know, listening in the show, which is awesome. All right, now it's time to wrap up. Guys, you can find me at gunfunny.com. There's links to my YouTube channel, uh, social media. If you want to support the show, you, you know, you enjoy it and you want to contribute, just head on over to gunfunny.com. Click on the support the show link in the menu bar. Blown deadline. He's given away a $300 gift certificate to a lucky patron each month. And also want to thank the $25 patrons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq veteran, 8888, Sake Holsters, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Calamore, Melissa Writings, and King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. He wants me to say the operator tickles doesn't win battles. She just allows you to lose. And <laughs> Kayla, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I'm totally going to like stalk you tonight and find your episodes. <laughs> and I'll be like, I know yes. that girl. I know that girl. And I'm going to be like, text you. I'll be like, OMG, I can't believe this happened. You'll be like, yeah, cool. Tired of hearing it. It happened in 2015. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I, I had a lot of fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. Can you just remind listeners once again where they can find you on the interwebs? Yeah, absolutely. So you can check out my website. It's KaylaCummingsKnives.com. You can find me on Instagram at Kayla Cummings. It's K-A-I-L-A-C-U-M-I-N-G-S. Same thing with Facebook, Kayla Cummings. All right, That's cool. my name. Cool. Yeah. All right. On that note, we are out of here. See you guys next week. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.